Hey, and welcome to New Money, a podcast about the rapidly changing landscape of financial technology. Each episode is a short-form discussion about a new investing opportunity or product made available to everyday people like you. Products like Betterment, Wealthfront, Acorns, and even Bitcoin. You've seen these names before, maybe even on a podcast. Well, now you can tune in to New Money to get a quick understanding of whether or not these products are right for you. You can tune in anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search New Money. Before we start the show, I have a quick financial disclaimer. David Sherry and Mike Albert are the founding partners of the New Money podcast. At the time of this recording, we may or may not own financial interests in the companies or applications which appear on the show. All opinions expressed by this podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of David the Brand LLC and the Mike Albert Co., This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment advice in this show. All right. All right, Mike, what's going on, man? David, what in the world did you just send me? I just sent you... Ethereum founder Valetic Buterin doing the Badger Dance on stage at EdCon 2018 in uh, Toronto, Canada. If you remember that old YouTube video, uh, there was like a snake and badgers dancing. For some reason, at the end of the conference, all the speakers did that dance on stage. Uh, it's amazing. You should look it up. I, very I just became I just became a, an Ethereum uh, bear. Yes, I think I'm feeling similarly, even though at the end, I'm going to contradict myself and talk about why I think Ethereum is maybe uh, one of the best positioned investments uh, that, that I think I'm going to make this year. So uh, obviously, let's dive in. Today's going to be a little bit different of an episode because Ethereum is just a giant topic. There's no way we're going to be able to cover everything. So rather than sort of having me do the introduction and then have Mike break down the features and then get into predictions... We're going to sort of break down some of the simple aspects of this uh, application step by step, just to really give you the basics, uh, the bare bones overview. Obviously, do your own research here. Obviously, there is so much more you can dive into. You've probably heard of it before. And so what we're going to try to do is just make it really simple and, and just give you the highest level sort of you know tip of the iceberg so you can do your own research. So let's jump in by starting with actually Bitcoin. So we've covered Bitcoin in the past. We know that Bitcoin is this essentially digitally native currency that solves this very important problem called the double spend problem, which basically just means that we keep one ledger of all transactions ever created that cannot be tampered with. Nobody can change this big ledger of payments uh, such that they can maybe adjust their own balance or create fraud. So Bitcoin is a currency it's a digital native currency that is uncensorable and it's decentralized. That is the currency use case of a blockchain. Bitcoin also has a blockchain. That's the technology that it runs on. It's also a currency. Now, Ethereum, what is Ethereum? Well, Ethereum is another blockchain, but it has a different purpose. The purpose behind Ethereum is to allow developers to build more blockchain-based applications. So basically, Ether, Ethereum, it makes it easier for a new developer to enter the blockchain space and build a new application that has the same benefits as something like the Bitcoin blockchain. 
in that it is uh, decentralized, in that it has zero downtime, in that it has a built-in governance system. Uh, and so really you can think of Ethereum as a platform. And, and that's the best way to, to think about it is a platform that other people are going to build on top of. Uh, the currency matters because it's, it's how people are able to tap into the platform and pay for services. But most importantly, just think of Ethereum as the way, is, is a thing that people are going to build applications in the blockchain space on top of. So it's a very foundational layer of this entire cryptocurrency uh, and blockchain trend that we're seeing emerge. Now we're going to dive into some aspects of the product and how it really works such as why does centralization or decentralization matter? What is a smart contract, which is something you've maybe heard before? Uh, what is a decentralized application? Why does that matter? And then Ether as a currency and as an investment. So why don't we start by looking at centralization versus decentralization and why this decentralized web platform that developers can now build on matters. Mike, why don't you start with giving the pros and cons there? Yeah, so... I think of centralized versus decentralized. Uh, if you want to use Twitter, for example, Twitter is a company. Um, it's run by a very few people. We would consider that to be centralized. Now, if you want to uh, do the counter of that, imagine that you know, we developed an application that lives on Ethereum. Uh, it's set up with the rules of the organization. This is the way things are handled. Um, and it's the actual application runs in thousands, if not millions of different places, um, that would be a decentralized uh, application. So that's kind of the difference between a centralized and a decentralized. Now, why would we want a decentralized uh, version of, of Twitter? Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it would be very useful. Uh, one is, immutability. Basically, no central organization would be able to make changes to the data. It, what happened is what happened and no one can tamper with it. Um, and there, it present, prevents against corruption. You know, imagine a, a rogue organization owning that much data. You wouldn't want them to have uh, that access to that data. But on something like Ethereum, <clears throat> if you built that application on top, the rules would be the rules and the, there's no straying from those. Um, so that, that's a, a, a great way to avoid uh, corruption. And another big thing is like there's no single point of failure um, because the application is running in millions of different places. You know, a server going down does not shut down Twitter or Instagram like we've seen in the past. Uh, what do you think about uh, centralization versus decentralization. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the main advantage is really the transparency that it brings to the the whole network in, in terms of the users being able to understand the specific rules. So like right now, what's happening with Facebook and Twitter is there's all these different discussions around censorship and what can live on the platform, what content can't live on the platform. It's very opaque, you know, who's deciding that? What are the rules they're setting? We don't know. And in fact, the reason that they're being regulated or almost being regulated here is because people are demanding to understand what the rules are of the platform. With a decentralized application, the rules are set from the beginning and they're set transparently and they're set uh, with code that operates on its own to fulfill the rules of, those, of the platform and network. So I think it's basically just the very open version 
of some of these platforms that we already are starting to challenge because they're so opaque and because they're controlled by so few people. So there still is changes that can happen to the network, but that's based on the quote unquote governance of the network, meaning uh, the users, if they're a holder of the token uh, in some capacity are able to select whether or not they want to um, continue using this application or if they want to change the rules, there's a thing called a fork um, which lets you sort of collectively make a decision. Ethereum actually has already had a fork in its past. Um, so yeah, I'd say it just really gives power to the user instead of power to a centralized sort of actor. And, and there's a lot of other reasons why decentralization makes it more anti-fragile as well. But uh, I think for now, again, let's just return to the really simple idea of Ethereum is a platform that developers can use to build new decentralized applications and decentralized applications, while not being perfect, have trade-offs that are uh, favorable in some instances over centralized systems, uh, one of which might be something like social media. Now, the way that Ethereum runs is uh, it essentially empowers developers to write code into what are called smart contracts. And smart contracts are very similar to what they sound like in the name. They are computer code that effectively uh, facilitates the exchange of money, of content, of anything of value um, that really operate on their own. So you can set up code to perform a task on your behalf ahead of time based on certain criteria. Um, Mike, maybe you can give an example smart contract that will help people sort of understand what that might be. Yeah, I can imagine a time in the future when, you know, say I want to go rent a new apartment and, you know, my, my lease starts uh, at the beginning of May and in order to execute this lease, you know, I set up smart contracts that pay every month uh, on the first of the month that they just execute as time goes on. So that would be like a time trigger. And on that date, whatever the agreed upon rent would exchange hands uh, automatically. And there's no way for me as the the renter to adjust that uh, and kind of pull that funding. Uh, the, the landlord knows that they're going to get their rent. We have a smart contract that's going to the autonomously execute. And uh, me as a renter, I know that my landlord can't say, well, I didn't get the rent or, you know, there's protection on both ends. And I can just imagine a world where all of these trust issues are handled by code. And I think that is the big opportunity that Ethereum is, is addressing is how do we not have to trust people? Because we know that people are not trustworthy. Yeah. Or how do we trust someone that we've never met before? Uh, and, and the answer is sort of, uh, yeah, smart contracts and, and the nature of what they bring uh, to the internet really. And I think you sort of brought this up, but I, I want to expand on it, which is really, this is sort of like the language of robots in the future. So if you think about, we have this task that I want a robot to perform for me. A smart contract and, and developing things in the blockchain is really the language that you're going to use to uh, get these different systems to sort of perform functions on your behalf. So rather than having to go, let's say, you know, in the future, this is sort of an analog version, but it's like, I wanted my robot to go walk over to Mike's house to pay him the money for rent on the first of the month next month. Rather than at that time going to the robot, programming the robot to go walk over to your place, um, I could do that ahead of time with a smart contract like you explained 
um, and it's just going to happen online digitally. Um, so you can just set up rules and actions and functions in advance without needing to be concerned about uh, trust between intermediaries so that, such that it functions on your behalf. So I actually think you know, a big thing that is interesting about Ethereum is that I think it's the language that's going to facilitate a lot of applications in the future uh, that will really perform functions for us much like you know, the future that we're sort of hoping for of, of robots doing things for, for us. It's just going to happen with money and with information. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Now, now, there's a currency aspect to Ethereum as well. So not only is it a platform that people can tap into and use to build a new decentralized application, there's a currency that facilitates and secures that network. And that is Ether, which I'm sure people have, have heard of before. Uh, the reason that there's a currency is really a few things. One, it lets uh, the network sort of function from a secure perspective uh, because it's the fees that are used sort of help secure the network as um, Ether are tr traded around. But also, it just functions as the... Um, the payment system to use the service effectively. So much like you pay Dropbox to use your storage, uh, you acquire Ether tokens to run these different smart contracts and run these different transactions. So the currency aspect is, is pretty interesting. Um, and it's really how developers are able to, uh, to pay to use this open service that lets them build. Yeah, and I think the other way I think about this is I imagine a time in the future when I use my laptop or mobile phone to interface with the world computer, which is what they're trying to basically build. And the computing power that you know the Ethereum network will be able to handle will be much more sophisticated and powerful than the interface uh, that I'm going to be using, which would be like my laptop, basically just a screen to interface against that supercomputer without everyone having to own a supercomputer. So basically. ETH, ETH on the, if you want to check it out on CoinMarketCap or any of the other places, is the, the currency that you use to access that application power. Uh, now, the second uh, cryptocurrency consideration here with this is gas. So, uh, gas is used to pay miners for uh, basically mining and distributing the the ledger across uh, the network um, and uh, any smart contract that you that you create as well requires a certain amount of gas uh, to the fee price those miners to uh, process the transaction um, so as far as like the investment uh, thesis here like what are if I want to invest in eth like what am I what am I What's my bet? What do I think is going to happen that the rest of the world doesn't know is going to happen yet? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think the answer to that is that you're betting that more developers will choose Ethereum to build. Well, it's, it's really two things. One, you believe that blockchains will be an important technology in the future that many companies are going to utilize. So that's, that's the first kind of bet. And that's, that's a big bet. I mean, you have to say, I believe that blockchain is the future. Let me give you a few examples of where blockchains seem most promising. First one is loans, like a company called Dharma. Uh, the second one is crowdfunding, which would use smart contracts to allocate the funding. The third is digital collecti collectibles and goods. Um, we saw that with CryptoKitties. Basically, you would, let's say you have a Pokemon card that's super valuable. You could create a digital version 
that somebody can't copy that you know is the only one online. Um, we also see Fortnite using digital uh, collectibles. People are paying for that. Supply chains, keeping immutable supply chains, such as transparency and shipping um, and operations. And then things like prediction markets. We've covered Augur in the past. So essentially, these different potential companies, thanks to this new technology of a blockchain, if you believe that those are the future, that's the first thing you have to say to yourself. I believe that many companies will be built in this space. Now, this is the big sort of second kicker that you also have to believe. I believe that Ethereum, the virtual machine, the world computer, this open source network that developers can tap into is the network that they will use. This is the biggest one that they will pick. 80% of developers or whatever will choose Ethereum um, to build their applications on because without people actually building on Ethereum, it becomes less valuable, less people hold tokens, less people want Ether. So in my opinion, what Ethereum has going for it is many companies, it was early to the market and many companies are already building on Ethereum. And some of these companies are even locking up um, quantities of Ether to almost like sort of storing uh, a balance as a business with Ethereum. So I think there's a lot of signs to me that say that Ether is maybe the most important developer, developer platform and will continue to be. Um, but there are challengers, there are other um, systems that are mimicking what Ethereum is doing and, and trying to sort of overtake them. So um, I'd say those are two considerations. Do I believe in blockchain? And do I believe Ethereum will win developer competition for building um, decentralized applications? Yeah, right now they're the second uh, highest, if you want to think of market cap, for cryptocurrencies is typically the the term people use. I think it's got its flaws as a way of valuing cryptocurrencies, but they're number two. I think they're they have got a big footprint. So many, um, even uh, a lot of the ICOs have basically launched on Ethereum, and I think they've got a huge footprint. They've got a a, a first mover advantage when it comes to this solving this problem. So I think that is a, a competitive advantage against the rest of that competition. But the space moves so fast that, you know, one trip up could, you know, wipe them out and they could be gone. So uh, you're making a little bit of a bet that, you know, Vitalik is the right person to help lead and solve this problem. Um, and uh, yeah. 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 And they're, they're trying, you know, they've had issues in the past. Um, they've had a sort of hack happen, which they fixed. And then um, they used a fork, which basically means they sort of updated uh, the, the code base to a different uh, blockchain such that yeah. they could kind of follow the rules that they're hoping to follow. Um, really, the, the biggest risk, in my opinion, is that it's humans writing this code. Um, I think the open source protocol of Bitcoin is much more sort of uh, secure in that it's, it's this protocol. And I think protocols tend to have a more fundamental sort of base um, that don't need to update as much to still be successful. Email as a protocol is very old. It gets set in stone. It works. You don't need to change it that much. I think Ether and Ethereum, they're really trying to continue to update. They're trying to continue to scale. So they have more to sort of develop over time, which I think makes it riskier for human error. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think anyone knows what will happen to the future of Ethereum. Obviously, we don't know if this blockchain thing is an experiment that's going to you know, go south or if it's going to be a giant uh, market. You know, my personal prediction, and again, obviously, do your own research, I actually think it's the best time ever to buy Ethereum. I think that you know, while it would have been better to buy it you know, in the, for a few dollars, I think it's like 170 bucks right now a share. 
um, I believe it peaked at like 2000 or maybe even over 2000. And um, I think if we see another bull run, I think it'll go beyond um, the previous all time high. And <clears throat> for about, yeah, so I think it's one of the biggest asymmetrical bets. I think the, la- the first crash was the riskier crash, um, in my opinion. So yeah. I actually, I think it's the best time ever to buy Ethereum. Um, and, and I'm very bullish on it, especially at the price. Um, and I think, you know, there's more and more projects that are sort of building and locking up Ether. And um, so we'll see, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but um, right now, yeah, I'm excited to see where the where it's at in two years. Yeah, I think yeah, there would be a, have to be a pretty massive uh, stumble by yeah. the by the team to uh, really set up a bad situation. I mean, the bottom feels like it's been in for for a while now over the last like three or four months. Um, but you know, things change quickly here. I would not invest anything that you're not willing to lose all of it into any kind of cryptocurrency, even if it is the number two on the current market cap, these things change quickly. Um, But it is one of the, like you said, the most asymmetric bets that there are right now, Bitcoin or Ethereum, in my opinion. Um, And my time horizon on something like this is five years. If you, if these, these coins move up and down quickly, so they're very volatile. If that's not something you're used to, and even when I first got into cryptocurrency was something I had to get used to. But now having gone through, you know, a full cycle of boom and bust, I'm kind of a weathered veteran when it comes to, it doesn't, doesn't phase me at all. In fact, I get bored watching my uh, E-Trade account um, because it, it's much, much, <laughs> much less volatile. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what you're signing up for if you decide to go this route. So, yeah, I like the recommendation of 1%. A lot, you know, a lot of people are saying like just 1% of your portfolio, you know, put it in there. You can afford to lose that. But the bet is such that, you know, it could be 25x or whatever. So it makes sense. Um, so I think that's a healthy thing to sort of watch. But yeah, I, I think it will be Ball very in. interesting to see. All in. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do um, that. But uh, awesome. Well, hopefully that's a more clear breakdown. It's very complex. Uh, we try to keep it as high level as possible. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Later, Mike. See ya.